America is leading the world again. Biden has said it. And finally, oh man, I am so relieved. And with that good news, America is also going to begin to fight terrorism elsewhere because it's growing. America is also going to put an end to forever wars. What does that actually mean for all intents and purposes? Well, it means America is leading the world into the worst human crisis, human humanitarian crisis and catastrophe since probably even before Vietnam, as some, some scholars are saying. This is eclipsing it. It makes Vietnam looks like child's play. Why? Because this is completely avoidable. Speaking of fighting terrorism elsewhere, apparently America leading and fighting terrorism means letting someone who is on the top FBI most wanted list with a $5 million bounty on his head to just roam free and actually become leader leadership in Kabul. Wow. And putting an end to forever wars, you know what? Let me translate that for you. It means ensuring forever war. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future, episode 251. It is August 23rd, 2021, and oh my goodness, it has been a week. This, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to confess something at the, the top of this hour right now to you. This show is light in clips this week because I was actually fighting a crisis, a crisis that was birthed by the Biden administration himself. You know, I have, I have business leaders who they have a broad network in Afghanistan and I have been, man, helping day and night, trying to figure out any way that, that we can help in the midst of this catastrophe, this incredible crisis. And it, it really, what we're, we're seeing on the news, you know, they're, they're already beginning to spin it to say, oh, it's this problem, it's that problem, it's this thing. But I'm telling you, we, we are, right now, we're, the eyes of the world are focused on that airport and around the airport, the things that are happening. But the real crisis is only beginning. The crisis is not going to end when American NATO troops finally pull out of Afghanistan. The crisis is going to last for months. But I tell you this, we won't be hearing about it. Past, I don't know, a couple weeks, we're going to be on to something new. We're going to be on to the next thing. And on top of that, we're not going to have the journalists there to report about the massacres that are taking place. We're not going to have the the journalists there to tell us what is actually happening on the ground. And we're just told, well, you know, the Taliban, they, they really want to have their place at that international table. So we're, we're hoping that they're going to do what's right. They've, they've already been backtracking on everything that they say that there's, they're going to do what's right. Remember how they said, oh, we're going to grant inclusivity and amnesty for everyone as they do what? As they pull judges out of their homes in the middle of the night, as they go door to door making lists. UN, UN Council, Security Council reported that they, they have concrete evidence now. It's before it was kind of rumor, it's hearsay. People are like, oh, yeah, that's happening. Of course that's happening. But no, it's, it's confirmed. The Taliban are actually going to door to door knocking on doors, 
figuring out where religious minorities are, who worked with NGOs, who worked with America, who worked with NATO, and their idea of inclusion, an inclusive government. It's if you repent of all your past affiliations with the Afghan government or NATO or whatever, then we'll, we'll grant you some sort of forgiveness, maybe a, a minor position in the government. But you know what? Once, once the purge starts coming around, they're going to knock on your door because your name is on the list of who you used to serve decades ago. That is how it works. That is how revenge works. And we saw this. We saw this time and time again in the, the Cultural Revolution, the Color Revolution, and, and the USSR Soviet. There would be a temporary forgiveness, but then sooner or later, it would come back around that actually you were associated with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so back then. All those decades ago, now it's your time to go off to the gulag, to go off to the firing range out back. It is already beginning. DW lost relatives. A a reporter with DW was being hunted down. Afghani relative of DW reporter killed by the Taliban. Journalists and their families are in grave danger. Remember when they said, we're going to keep everybody safe. Don't worry. We're changed. All that, all those PR stunts from last week of having women on the news. We even covered it in the previous episode. Yeah, well, that lasted uh, a, a week. Did you say last month? The, 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 it's, not even, it's not even been a week yet. Today, it's been a week. Last week, they had female anchors on, on interviewing Taliban uh, government leaders now, I guess. They're government leaders. They, they're, they're running the place to say, oh, look, we've changed. Well, they've reneged that. Not actually kick them off the air. We've got to figure out the rules and regulations. You know, do we, will they even be allowed on? We're, we'll, we'll just get the rules in place. And once they're in place, then you can come back. Maybe. Doubtful. But man, uh, we have a couple clips today from the the mastermind of this operation because there there is you know believe it or not there is a mastermind behind this and is President Joe Biden we are America is back America is back to lead the world again this is a proud accomplishment I didn't pull this clip but in this uh, press conference from the twenty first he was saying. There's no other country that could pull us off from around the world with such an intense military operation to evacuate all these people. No one else could do it but America. Yeah, you, um, you call, you're bragging about the, the cleanup of the manure that you made, the mess that you made. That's not something to brag about. Like, okay, well, I'm, I'm glad that America has that capability but you also have the capability not to cause this mess, to not cause it. But, you know, we got we to gotta frame this as a win. We can't admit that this was a, a total catastrophe, total catastrophe. Here's President Joe Biden talking about how really we got to focus on other places in the world now. For the past three decades, drought and floods have plagued the threat from terrorism has metastasized. Here's Joe Biden talking about how we need to really focus on other areas of the world now. The threat from terrorism has metastasized. 
There's a greater danger from ISIS and, 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 and Al-Qaeda and all these affiliates in other countries by far than there is from Afghanistan. He really likes that word metastasize. He's used it a few times. It's, it means growing like a cancer. Terrorism is growing like a cancer in all these other places. So, ah, yeah, it's probably best for just that we don't have any air bases in Afghanistan. And well, because of the deal that Pakistan made with uh, the Taliban, we're not going to be able to have any air bases there either. And uh, in all these other places that he's mentioned where uh, terrorism is metastasizing, we actually do. America does have a permanent military presence there. But it's just, you know, whatever sounds good, but let's, what's, what's the reality? What is the reality on the ground? Well, the Sun reports, headline, quote, U.S. most wanted al-Qaeda terrorist Khalid Haqqani reappears in Kabul alongside Taliban with $5 million bounty on his head. One of America's most wanted terrorists. <laughs> you think it'd be like from a movie or something. America's most wanted with a $5 million bounty on his head. Just shows up in Kabul now. Here I am leading Friday prayers. Oh, my. Oh, my. This guy was responsible for multiple suicide bombings across Afghanistan. He was responsible for putting a truck bomb together in eastern Afghanistan in October 2013 that contained nearly 28 tons of explosives. Explosives. Had, had that bomb, that truck gone off, it would have been the biggest, the biggest car bomb or truck bomb in history, but luckily it did not detonate. They, they foiled uh, Haqqani's plan. Uh, British intelligence officer told Voice of America, the fact that we have Khalid Haqqani in charge of Kabul security is dismaying. The Haqqani and Al-Qaeda have a long history together. You could argue they're intertwined, and it is highly unlikely that they will cut ties. Wait a minute. Hold. I'm going to do a Biden here. This is what Biden likes to do. We, we're just going to whisper into the mic. Wait a minute. Remember that we were really here to fight Al-Qaeda. We've, we've destroyed them. I thought you're supposed to destroy Al-Qaeda. I thought, I thought Al-Qaeda was out of Afghanistan. So that's why we're out. You know, it's, it's okay. We completed our mission. And here they are, senior leadership, Bus bed, best buds with Al-Qaeda right there back in Kabul. Mission successful, Mr. President. Mission successful. Well, Ivor Roberts said putting the Haqqani network in charge of security in Kabul is like the fox being put in charge of the chicken coop. What do you think is going to happen? But here, here is the president saying... We're going to fight terrorism elsewhere in the world as we give billions of dollars of military equipment, airplanes, helicopters, guns, uniforms, uh, intelligence, biometrics on all of our allies in the country. Yeah, you just funded and set into place a terrorist organization. And you're saying, we're going we're gonna to fight terrorism elsewhere. Because, uh, you know, don't worry. Don't worry about. Don't worry about these guys. Yeah, this guy on the FBI most wanted list. Eh, 
Psych, not really. It is uh, despicable. Just unbelievable. Well, great news though. Great news from all of this that that every person around the world I'm I'm really I'm sure is absolutely thrilled about is this next clip by President Biden. This is about America leading the world and all our allies have agreed with that. This is about America leading the world. Well, I'm glad that we finally seen America leading the world again. Right right into the biggest human catastrophe of as I said since at least since Vietnam, if not beforehand. Just a total geopolitical mess. Total mess. Leading the world? I don't think the world really appreciates this kind of leadership, Mr. Joe Biden. I don't think the world likes seeing their allies totally abandoned and betrayed and just left and, and recklessly placed into danger and just rolling over on it. I, I do not think, I do not think that this is the leadership, the leadership that we are looking for or that the world wants. Well, here's a Tony Blair who comments on this, this mess and the return of the Taliban. He wrote that every jihadist group around the world is cheering. Yeah, no, duh. The U.S.-led invasion that has, that has the hasty withdrawal has been a tragic, dangerous, and unnecessary decision that has undermined the West aims. He accused, Tony Blair accused the president, President Biden, of being motivated by an imbecilic political slogan about a never-ending forever war. Yeah, we're going to end the forever wars. How are we going to, how, how? How does this end forever wars? If anything, it seems to me to position the world for a forever war. I mean, right now, that's, that, that's what we're going to see in Afghanistan. We're only at the beginning of what's going to turn into a probably a civil war as you have Masood's uh, son up in the north, northeast, gathering a, a band of, of resistance fighters. If you remember, his, uh, Masood was uh, assassinated on September 9th, 2001, two days before September 11th who was part of the resistance uh, fighters fighting for the, the nation of Afghanistan against the Taliban. And just all the way back there, is this, is this the leadership that the world wants? You know, they, they, people say, oh, you know, just give them a chance. I've seen, I've seen on social, the social medias in my comment sections recently. Well, you know, you should really just give them a chance. You know, people can change. Really? People can change? And, and that's where, this is one of the, the arguments that's gonna come in in the coming weeks. And you already saw it in this, this speech by Biden. I didn't cut this clip. But he kept on saying, you know, we've been, in, we've been talking with, we've been talking with the Taliban to make sure that anyone who has a U.S. passport, they can get through to the airport. But there are reports of people getting, with U.S. passports, getting beaten at checkpoints and, and, and not let through. Well, we don't, you know, those, there's lots of, and there's true, there's lots of different factions and military groups underneath 
that are comprised within the Taliban. They're all wrapped up into one big package. But what's going to happen is, well, you know, that's not really the Taliban. It's these mouthpieces that are talking. That's the Taliban. And these are just some other, you know, factions. It's a, it's a violent but mostly peaceful takeover. It's a violent but mostly peaceful genocide. Because there are going to be factions with, within, and there already are, that have different ideas than the, the mouthpiece, the, the rhetoric, the propaganda that is coming out about an inclusive government. Just wait. Just wait for what? Just wait and see if they actually do commit genocide, if they actually do kill everyone who has been associated with NGOs or associated with the U.S. government or translators. Well, Tony Blair goes on to write in this piece. He says, we must evacuate and give sanctuary to those whom we've had a responsibility to, those Afghans who have helped us and stood by us. They have a right to demand we stand by them. There must be no repetition or arbitrary deadlines. We have a moral obligation to keep it, un- to keep it until all those who need to be evacuated, the deadline, we need to be in there. We need to stay there. And so every person who needs to be evacuated gets evacuated. He goes on and says, and we should do so not grudgingly, but out of a sense of humanity and responsibility. I agree. Tony Blair for the win. Sadly, I've been seeing across the, the social medias posts from people I normally respect, voices I, I normally sp- respect on the conservative right, but saying, ah, the, re- the real reason that Biden did this was because he's trying to change the U.S. voting constituency, and they're trying to bring all these refugees in. They're trying 100,000 people. It's going to change the way America votes. No way. First, you're, you're totally off base. One, it's the absolute wrong strategy to use. Two, these are people who fought alongside American interests for decades who are saying, actually, we don't want to live under Taliban rule. We, we prefer liberty and freedom. You want those people in your country, America. Not only do you have a responsibility to them, but you want them there especially if you're on the conservative right because they are not going to go along with the woke peddling that is happening right now in the West, the, 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 this wokeness. They're going to be like, no, I don't want that. That's the, same, that's the same brand, just another label. I don't want that. The, the, on top of this, who do you think they're upset with right now? President Joe Biden and the Democrat administration who caused this mess. Who caused this mess? And a completely avoidable mess. Who who do you think they're going to like? Biden, do you think they're going to come in and just all of a sudden start voting Democrat after after they would lost their lives and livelihoods? No way. Welcome them in. Now, I, I, I saw another, uh, another post 
about this, this whole fiasco. Again, from someone that I normally respect and I normally agree with. But saying, it's, it's a shame that look at these flights. They're filled with Afghanis and other people. They sh- and we don't even know how many Americans are in there. We need to get the Americans out first. Remember, in Vietnam, now again, very different situation by many means. In Vietnam, they actually had more time than they had here. Uh, this is probably going to turn out to be worse by some measures, some people believe, than what happened in Vietnam. And we'll see what happens over the coming months. Remember, the crisis does not end after the airport. That is the beginning. And that is where all eyes are on. It's because the media are there, the journalism are there, the actions there, the shots are there. But the real crisis, the real humanitarian crisis is happening outside of that airport. The real crisis is happening in, where, where, where the Taliban are going knocking door to door. As we said, the UN reports, official reports have come out to, to confirm and certify. Actually, they are happening. It's not just rumor that they're going door to door making lists. It's not just rumor that they're, uh, they've begun to take some revenge. It is not widespread yet, but they are preparing. Because why would you, you just took over the country. Why would you do it right away? You just took over the country. The Americans are, NATO troops are fleeing the Russians. It's like, you know what? Get out of here. And as soon as you are out enough to not be able to have a say in what we do, or be able to retaliate and strike back quickly, <clears throat> we can pull the switch and, and do what we need to. And there are hundreds, thousands of people who are desperate to get out. They're, they're smuggling themselves out over walking over mountains, walking long distances to escape desperate, smuggling uh, through commercial borders, the few land borders that are open, taking very dangerous treks, hoping not to get caught, risking their lives in, in mobs in front of the airport. There is a moral responsibility to take these people that have, have fought alongside us and who have been just treated treacherously by this administration treacherously. Well, Biden did have one, one good thing to say from this, from this whole, whole talking point. Apparently someone got fired and someone else decided to come in and write his script that he read in this press conference, because this is the finally the right thing that the, the government should have been saying all along, President Biden. We're going to do everything everything that we can to provide safe evacuation for our Afghan allies, partners, and Afghans who, 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 who might be targeted if, because of their association with the United States. But let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. Remember, in the previous episode, we played a clip where they're like, where they asked, uh, are, we, are you going to be able to get your people home? Like, we're going to take it day by day and see. We're just going to feel this one out. Finally, they're saying the right thing. We're going to get every American home that wants to and needs to get home. And they're saying we're going to do everything that we can to get out all of our allies, everyone who is at risk. We're going to do everything that we can. And they should, with or without a deadline, 
they should be doing everything that they can. But make no mistake, this was completely, completely avoidable. Now, President Biden, uh, I would say he tweeted out, but he didn't tweet it out because remember, he's still off Twitter. But who's on Twitter? Ah, the Taliban. The Taliban stuck, struck a deal with Twitter because the Taliban doesn't say mean things on Twitter. They can do mean things in person. That's fine. They can, they can suicide bomb all they want. That's okay. As long as they don't say mean things on Twitter. Well, President Trump, former President Trump is no longer on Twitter, but he did say, he did say this on a, a telegram that came through. Donald J. Trump, first, you bring out all the American citizens. Yeah, that would have been a good idea first. Then you bring out all the equipment. And might I add, with militant, uh, American citizens, it would be all of the, the vulnerable people who need to get out who, if the nation fell, as it did, would have been in the same situation. You bring out all the, the at-risk people. Then you bring out the equipment, the equipment, the billions of dollars of gifts that, that the Biden administration has just handed over to uh, one of the people on the most wanted list. Then you bomb bases to smithereens, and then you bring the military out. You don't do it in reverse order like Biden or <laughs> our woke generals did. No chaos, no death. They wouldn't even know we left. And it's, you know what? President, former President Donald Trump is right. You would think that you'd first pull out the people who are at risk. Then you'll pull out your heavy equipment and machinery. Then you destroy anything that you may have left behind so that that cannot be used by the enemy. And then you pull your military out. But instead, what did we do? We left our civilians in. We pulled the military out, left our heavy equipment. And like, what, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Unbelievable. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Donald Trump, apparently, also on the, the, the social media spaces of our day, uh, Trump is still a big thing. He, uh, Donald J. Trump has built Trump Towers in the hearts and minds of, I'm not going to say every, because that would be painting with a broad brush, but many progressive leftists. Trump has just, he's living in their minds and hearts rent-free because everything that happens in the world, it all comes back down to Trump. In order to cover for what Biden did, it's, it's because Trump was xenophobic. What? Yeah, this all happened. Good thing that Trump wasn't there because he's a racist. Imagine how bad that would be. Uh, I think people would rather be alive, have their livelihood, and have their nation in place than, than worry about someone who has a, a loose tongue on their tweets. Unbelievable. The fact that, the fact that we can't realize and focus that, wait, wait a minute, this was a complete failure, a mishandling that, you know what, there, there are some people who are out there who don't think it was unintentional. They think that this was very intentional. Now, those, many of those same people who are 
you know, when you talk about it, it's just Trump. Well, it's Trump. It's Trump. It's Trump. It's like Trump has been gone for months. He's not even on Twitter anymore. How, how, how? Of course, they're saying, well, it's because of this, this deal, the Taliban deal that he made, which they did not, the Taliban did not fulfill and meet the qualifications of that deal. And therefore, the U.S. government should not have fulfilled its end of the deal. That's how deals work. We take one step towards each other on each side until you meet in the middle. But no, it's because we need to end forever wars and endless wars. Well, who's going to fill that void? What happened when we, we did that in Iraq? Now, clearly, many missteps there leading up to it. But what happened? What filled the void? ISIS. Ah, what's going to fill the void now? Another great argument that's being thrown around there is, well, you need to follow the money. Follow the money. Okay, let's follow the money. Uh, who is making bank off of this whole thing? Let's follow the money. Oh, yeah, remember this $1 to $3 trillion of raw assets in the ground of Afghanistan? And who has already made buddied up deals? We mentioned this in the previous episode. Who's already made deals? China. Follow the money. Okay, so we'll follow the money. China made the money. China paid off Hunter Biden and Biden. So, oh, let's follow the money. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is true that Biden got paid off to, to hand the nation over. Because clearly, he's just all boasts. He's all boasts. So, Unbelievable. Well, there's more excuses that are, are f coming down the pike to, to distract from this administration's failure, which has already resulted in extraordinary losses of, of life and work. Uh, hundreds of people, thousands of people in hiding with no way out. Thousands of people, no food, no money. The banks are closed. ATMs are closed. The, the human, the humanitarian crisis caused by this administration, unexcusable. But apparently, you know what? In this world, it definitely is excusable. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh my, in a post-truth society where we have exchanged the truth for lies and reason for post-modern irrationality, the absurd, it finally makes sense. As I said, it's absurd to blame this on Z it's the xenophobic, the xenophobic Republicans. Now, yes, as we covered already, there were some, some people that I'm very shocked and disappointed that they would even think this, saying that, well, they're just trying to reconstitute the voting people. America has an obligation. And we should have a joy to take in these people who fought alongside us and served alongside us and valiantly served their country for decades. Take them in as refugees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, racism definitely did not cause this catastrophe. But if you can't buy the racism one, well, there's a bigger Trump card and it's not Donald Trump even though they've already played that one too, there's a bigger Trump card that of course truly 
caused this crisis. Here is CBS News. For the past three decades, drought and floods have plagued rural Afghanistan. As a result, farmers have struggled to maintain their crops and livestock, and many people have been left hungry. The Taliban has been exploiting that stress and capitalizing on distrust in the government to recruit members to their ranks. CBS News climate reporter Kara Corte has been reporting on this, and she joins me now. Kara, thanks for being here. So uh, tell us, what does the Taliban <laughs> offer farmers that they might not be getting from the Afghan government? It's climate change, folks. It's climate change. Climate change caused this. The reason that, that the Taliban were able to take over, it's climate change. It's not a failure of policy. Climate change. Government. Well, in some ways, the most simple thing that they offer these rural farmers in Afghanistan, Lana, is just support. Uh, part of the reason why the Taliban was so successful and so swift in toppling the government uh, in Kabul was because it was a corrupt uh, very criticized government. And particularly, that sentiment was very, very strong in rural farming communities of Afghanistan. And we know that Afghanistan, of all the countries in the world, is ranked sixth uh, in the list of all the countries hit hardest by climate change. Afghanistan is, is sixth. Wait, here she says that the reason that people were disgruntled was because of corruption in the government. That the government was serving themselves, not serving their people, a.k.a. it was big government, leftist government, serving themselves. Not that the, 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 the government is there to serve the people. But here, CBS is trying to frame this beautiful narrative. Oh, the reason that all this happened, it wasn't a failure of policy. It was that climate change happened. And that's the real thing we need to fight. We need to fight climate change because if we don't fight climate change, well, then the entire world is going to become terrorists. That's what's going to happen. And she, she does have a point in that the, the way that the Taliban was able to sweep through the country so quickly and so, so gracefully was that they were wise and shrewd and they were cutting deals underneath the table with all of the tribal leaders with all of the regional leaders, they were paying people off, buying people off, and probably saying, hey, the corrupt government, they're not helping you, we'll help you. Yeah, because the government isn't helping you, not because climate change. This, this clip goes on. Uh, before I let you go, where else in the world has climate change been uh, igniting civil unrest or, or continuing to fuel terrorism? Yeah, as I said, many people I spoke to, Lana, basically said this is a recipe that we've seen before. Recently, Boko Haram in Central and Western Africa, just a few years back, they rose to popularity uh, by controlling uh, the shrinking Lake Chad Basin, uh, this you know vital vestibule of, of water resources and, and other resources, uh, was shrinking because of extreme drought. And Boko Haram came in and and collected the land that, that was now being created as water was decreasing. Uh, ISIS has thrived in Iraq and Syria during extreme droughts there. But also one expert said to me, Lana, that this is something that is not at all modern. When you look at various communist revolutions, uh -huh. whether they be in China or, or uh, Russia or even Western Europe, you can look back uh, centuries uh, into history and see that revolutions are often started uh, because of 
poor, uh, impoverished communities feeling like the government isn't listening to them, feeling like, feeling like the government isn't taking care of them. And that is when we see anti-government and extreme groups thrive. So here's a massive contradiction here. This is at the end of the clip. There's there's the middle part that we, we hollowed out and we didn't play here. But at the end of this clip, she says, it's times where people are disgruntled, where they feel like the government's not listening to them, where the government's not taking care of their needs. That anti-revolutionary, anti-government revolutionary groups spring forth because of corruption. So maybe, maybe it's corruption that causes people to be dischanted, disenchanted and begin to resort to violence. Maybe it's corruption. Maybe it is ideas, violent ideas that, that we saw in communism, where there is no such thing as, as, uh, as good and evil, as morality. It is all power. Maybe, maybe it's the fact that when there are ruthless men who resort to violence, Unless you comply with everything that they say, ruthless men, maybe that leads to people saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take my chances with them rather than be killed by them. And, and so the deep contradiction here is also you can look around the world at other places where there have been violent uprisings or, or, or credible crime like the drug lords in South America, where you can't say that, well, there's so many droughts and it's causing people to turn to sell drugs. No, it's because they're wicked and bloodthirsty men who have no care for the sanctity of life. Climate change. Well, it's not surprised that that one, that, that one came out because, of course, it couldn't be a human failure. Of course, it's not a human failure. It's not because of human choices that this whole thing happened, but it's, let's blame it on poverty, let's blame it on education, and let's blame it on climate change. And if that doesn't work, we'll blame it on xenophobic racism. Well, the show is brought to you by viewers like you who get value out of the show. So if you get value out of the show, you can consider giving value back to the show and the value that you received, which if you're listening to this show still, which is about 40 minutes in, well, you're probably getting some sort of value out of it. Now, thousands of people turn to this show every month to help inform them of the, the, the schemes that are being propped up against their life, against their world, against humanity to seek to destroy us and how to navigate through that, how to understand and see the world a little more clearly. So one way that you can give value back to the show is by visiting lucasscrobot.com and you can give your hard, cold fiat there or you can do so by getting a podcasting 2.0 certified app like uh, Sphinx or Breeze or Podfriend where you can load up your Bitcoin wallet and you can stream little one bits and two bits sats as you listen to the show. Don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. 
Welcome back to Weaver and Luma, part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destinies. Now, right now, it's probably at all times, but for sure more in this past week than at most times, there are an incredible amount of catastrophes that are are happening across the globe. We have a, 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 in Haiti, another massive earthquake that I believe has killed over a thousand people. I've not been following it closely. Uh, we, we have in Lebanon, another crisis happening in Lebanon. And of course we have this complete failure, complete failure that is, has already cost dozens, if not hundreds of lives, cost the livelihoods of hundreds of thousands of people and will likely end up in the, the death and destruction of many, many people. Which leads us to our, our quote today. Again, it's an ancient proverb written by a man named James from the book of James. Here is uh, today's quote. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? If you are scrolling through your Instagram, liking, posting, I praying, I pray for these people. I hope they're well. But you're not, but you're not doing something. Giving, even if it's a little, even if it's just a cup of water to help them, then what good is, it, is that? If you're listening through this podcast at two times speed. And you're going to go on to the next thing in your day. What good is that? Don't even worry about giving to this show. Because we're doing great. We're doing fine. There, and we're so grateful for each and every one of you who give to make this show possible. But I would ask that you would stop and, and find and consider a, a place that you can give to help either what's happening in Afghanistan. As I said, there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people. No money to buy food. Because the banks are closed, their lives are in danger, they're in hiding, they are afraid, they are uncertain of their future. People cannot get to the airports. I know people who have tried multiple times to get to, the, get to the airports and make it through the checkpoints, but they can't actually make it to the airport because of the throngs of people. People have been, died and trampled on in those crowds of people desperate to get out. That's where we see the, the footage of these kids being pulled over the wall. Parents so desperate to even get their kids out, even if it means that they don't make it because they, they know what is coming. They're not deceived by the reality at hand, even though apparently some people are because they think that, well, they, the Taliban wants an inclusive place at the table. But I would, I would urge you, urge you to, to think about giving to a charitable cause in this hour. If you don't know where or how to give, please reach out to me and we can help you find and match you with a, a place that meets what you want to give to, whether it's in, in Haiti or Lebanon or in Afghanistan this week. Finally, finally, to get more out of this show, to get more out of this episode, share it, talk about this with your friends. 
Now, whether it's sharing this episode, texting, SMSing it to someone because it will make them feel loved or just sharing the ideas in this show with someone because it will stimulate conversation. It will make you think faster, stronger, and sharper and probably learn a thing or two. Finally, you are someone who goes out and pursues truth to discern the world because it's as we discern how to see the world, we then discern how to walk rightly, how we ought to walk in the world. And that, that is our purpose, to walk rightly and uprightly in the world. And that enables you and I to own our futures. <laughs>